On this episode of the Fantasy Draft Room Podcast, Chase and I are doing another mock draft. If you want to follow along live with the board, you can do so on YouTube at the Fantasy Draft Room. If not, you can stay right here and we'll get into the draft shortly. Welcome into the show. We live in a different world than we did just 30 seconds ago. It's a different world, it's a different day, but we are back on the Fantasy Draft Room Podcast. Welcome to the Fantasy Draft Room. I am Chase. You can find me on Twitter at TrophyChaseTFDR. And as always, my man Cody, where can they find you at? Y'all can find me on Twitter at CodySmithTFDR. You can check us out where you should be on the Fantasy Draft Room, on YouTube, on podcasts, wherever you can get them. Joint account for Twitter is at underscore TFDR. You can also DM us on Discords if you want those and want to ask us any questions throughout. Either leave them in the comments. Also, like and subscribe when you do. Or you can find us over on Discord. We'll respond to you there. And I think that's all we got to plug, man. Let's get into this thing. Yes, sir. So we did a mock draft kicking off for 2023 this we're no more doing mid-season startups this is a mock draft for 2023 with 2023 rookie picks now we know that there's a bunch of news and stuff like that has happened so we'll, we'll dive into some of that throughout the draft as well but at least wanted to kick things off with a mock draft for 2023 had some great people join it was it was fun to see the board and kind of how things panned out so let's dive right in and kind of see what this thing looks like so this was the first three rounds of what we had for 2023. So pretty chalk. You know, we had 10 quarterbacks in the first round with the exception of Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson being the first wide receiver off the board. Anything stand out to you here? I mean, this has been pretty much what we've seen so far. It, it is these quarterbacks and that's pretty much it like yeah, that's it's, all you want in the first it, right now. truthfully we need to get some new blood in here we need to get some of those rb is king guys in here some you know travis kelsey in the first round these first round's been the same every single time eight quarterbacks justin jefferson and jamar chase the only thing that's changing is where the quarterbacks are going and even in this one you know i've seen a lot of patrick mahomes as the 101 overall talk we didn't get that here we did still no. get josh allen holding on to the 101 but i've seen a lot of chatter across twitter that it is now patrick mahomes again he has returned to his throne this one didn't have that so i'm glad to have him here at the 102 but the rest of the quarterback board i mean you have your top six seven guys you went with Deshaun here and then the two wide receivers and three three more to wrap us up. Not too much change in here. Yeah, when we saw the startup draft, the actual startup with uh, the 4D community, we saw Tua and Fields going ahead of Kyler. Really happy to see Kyler go ahead here. But again, it's just a few picks different. Dak back into the first round here now. My, you know, I look at the pick that I took when I took Deshaun, and I'm just like, you know, maybe it's the past stuff and just seeing him play Sunday, it didn't feel great. And maybe I would have taken a different quarterback in that spot. So I'm, you know, we'll, we'll see how how Watson pans out. But it it is those 10, 11 quarterbacks. And in all honesty, I wouldn't be shocked as as this offseason goes on that you see Tua in the first with Dak, and then you'll see like Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson at the turn there at the uh, the twelve, and then the two one. And this is third round reversal, just so everyone does know twelve team superflex. 
uh, 1.75 tight end premium with a third round reversal. So, you know, that that 12 pick does get the 301 to kick things off. So just to kind of clarify that, but I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing those 11 quarterbacks go in the first by when it's all said and done. If you just if you miss out on that, like legitimately Trevor Lawrence is your QB one if you're doing a startup like this. That's it. And then the only other one you're really taking is Trey Lance or a rookie pick. Here we see our we see our first rookie picks come off 101 in the middle of the first round here, and then projected quarterback. Now, who's that quarterback going to be? A little bit of controversy, but we do see <laughs> the 102 taken, which you would assume is probably going to be a rookie QB, and then Trey Lance. And other than that, you you don't get any more quarterbacks. So, you know, we do oh, have Barry's like, draft here. Through three rounds and no quarterbacks, and it starts out sketchy, but I think he actually wraps this one up pretty good here. And we'll break this one down a little bit more and reveal the next couple of rounds. But man, it is desolate at quarterback. And if you don't have one of those top seven startup picks, I, I again, we've repeated this one. I think every time we've done one of these startup mocks, you just do not feel good if you don't have one of the first six, first five, first seven picks in the draft. Yeah, the, I mean, even, even again, taking Watson there, I wanted to kind of challenge myself at the seven. And I'm just like, do I take Watson? Do I take Kyler? You know, do I go after a Justin Jefferson? Cause it, it feels like there's a tear break after that first six. And then you have the next five guys. But, you know, the second you talk about what Barry did with, with Jefferson, Tyreek, and Kelsey, and you're like, oh, you got those three pieces. That feels really good. But again, you are taking a gamble at this point where it's like, are you going to get two quarterbacks that you're comfortable with rolling into the season? Um, we've seen, you know, so far this year, there are leagues that we're in where, you know, quarterbacks are king. And then there's leagues where you got have guys that are piecing together quarterback and they look like the clear, clear leaders in, in the, uh, as the, we kind of approach these fantasy playoffs. But yeah, man, I, I think the one thing I want to point out here with the, the rookie picks, the 101, 102, 103 off the board. So we can assume that's Bijan. Bijan being the first running back off the board. How do you feel about that? It's spicy, but I mean, who else are we going to throw up there at this point, man? Like, I think with it being it being a true 101, this is not a draft where we are saying, hey, you are actually taking Bijan, right? Like, we're right. not going to be doing those probably. We, we might do one here before we actually get full declares and everything like that. But it's hard to do those before the draft because you just don't know where these guys are going to land, right? Like, you could be taking Bijan and, you know, a month from now, Bijan goes down. We're not even going to say with what, you know, sickness probably. probably. You know, he just has a little cough. That's what he's going down with. And then you're holding a Bijan share that's definitely not worth a mid-second startup pick anymore. So holding the 101 is just a lot of insulation of value right now and with where we are in the draft season and you know, way too early draft season yet at this point for 2023 startups. But assuming it is Bijan, I just don't know who else you have up there. I mean, it's a bunch of the younger guys. I mean, the next one off the board, you would assume here is being Brees and then Taylor. Uh, Brees is coming off coming off his injury. Jonathan Taylor, he's been better now throughout the probably second half of what we've seen so far from him through the season, but still not producing like an RB1 overall. I mean, you can't deny the talent that Bijan has, the tape that he's put on the field in college, and assuming he's a first-round draft pick, I kind of don't see why we wouldn't have him at the, at the first running back off the board. 
Yeah, it's hard to argue the value right now with what we've seen from him in college. Obviously, landing spots going to play a lot. He's going to get draft capital. I don't see a world in which that doesn't happen. So you got, you know, Bijan, Brees Hall, JT, Javante Williams was a bit spicy for me. That's a torn ACL, LCL as well. Um, as in case you know, people did not know that that does complicate the recovery process for an ACL. Uh, so that that one's a little spicy for me. And then then Kenneth Walker, all young guys, right? All young running backs. But JT's been an RB2 this year. Brees Hall looked good, showed promise, torn ACL. Uh, Kenneth Walker looked good, showed promise. What What is he? We really don't know. Is he going to get passing work? Uh, it's so hard for me to take running back early. And like, we'll, we'll dive into the next few picks here in, in, a, in a moment, but man, I just don't know if I want to take a, a running back in these first three rounds. I don't want, I, I, I don't want to be tied to a running back in the first three rounds. It's scary. Like you've got Javante and Brees both suffering season ending injuries, and they are two of your top projected five running backs off the board here. Assuming Bijan probably going, I mean, even if he has something he goes down with, probably could still go in the top of one, 101, 102, 103 picks overall with how infatuated we all yeah. are with Bijan. But two of the five of them have already suffered season ending injuries. The other two have been out for extended periods of time already this year. And you compare that to the board of the wide receivers. I counted them up here. We've got 13 wide receivers <laughs> off the board through the first three rounds compared to five. And only one of them is out for the season, and that's Cooper Cup. And he was producing like a top five wide receiver before he got injured. And I think he's just out for his season. If, if, the, if the Rams were actually a playoff team, I think the tightrope <laughs> surgery that he had with his high ankle sprain, he would be back, I think, for the playoffs technically. Um, at least it's right real close to that time frame. But yeah, he's done for his season. He, and he's done for the fantasy season too. Like there's no need. Yeah, no, no chance of that one. Back. And they're not rushing him back. I mean, truthfully, no. why do we, speaking of just NFL things, why are they even picking up Baker? Like let's just pay yeah. Baker a million dollars as a rental. That way we can get through the season a little bit more cleanly. And we might pick up like one or two more wins, even though Baker's probably not even good enough to do that. Like I, j- I, r- I really don't understand why they didn't just, either let him clear waivers because not another team put in a waiver claim on him. <laughs> and so like, why, why are you paying him over a million dollars just to be your rental for the year when it's a lost season? I, Cause they, they knew that one. They knew for a fact that if they let him go clear on waivers, that he was not coming to LA to be the quarterback there. So I, you know, again, I get it. Cause it's, it's a total L for the year for the Rams and this offense. And, you know, uh, looking at Cooper cup going in the third here, I'm okay with that. Like, you know, for the, that Rams offense and, and everything too, it's, it sucks. Like it, it is, it is what it is, but at the start of next season, Cooper cup is still going to produce. There's no long-term concerns about his health um, with, with the surgery that he's having. So yeah, yeah, I'm good with Cooper Cup right there. I, I do want to look at the wide receivers because I'm good with the first uh, five, I believe, off the board, six off the board uh, with Jefferson Chase, Lamb, A.J. Brown, Stephon Diggs, Jalen Waddell, T. Higgins right there in the seventh slot. A little bit high for me. Tyreek Adams, Cup, Amon Ra, DK, and Olave. I, I, I have T. Higgins a little closer to that Olave, more towards the wide receiver 10 12 13 range versus seven 
I actually picked out that spot. As you were walking through that, I picked out that same exact spot. I would have plopped them. I think I would still have taken T over the Olave pick that I took there at the three yeah. eleven. Same. But that but that's you know, it's a it's around, you know, seven wide receivers. All of these guys are kind of kind of the same. You're just kind of playing a difference in how you're wanting to build your team, right? The especially this, sure. er, this early. You know, do you want more of the youth or do you want we see these next this this next little stack of three guys of Hill, Adams, and Cup, all of the older but still producing guys. And I think the only reason the cup did slide behind the rest of them is because of the ankle surgery. Otherwise, sure. you know, he'd still be right up there at the top as far as eh. Would you say let's paint the picture where Cup does play the rest of this year out and on on pace for what they were doing with the season that Tyreek is putting up? Do you think there's a chance we would have seen Tyreek jump jump Cup? Honestly, Tyreek's a steal for me here. I would take Tyreek over Jalen Waddle. Like I again, youth startup looking at next year. I would I I would have probably Tyreek Diggs Cup. Adams, like if you're looking at the old guys, but I can't fault you for wanting to take Cup. I couldn't fault you for wanting to take Tyreek or Diggs or Adams. Like Adams is just the one that's a little bit older than the rest. And so I get his value falling a bit. But I felt like at that point in the draft that Tyreek was an absolute steal. Um, and, and I don't want to knock T Higgins, like the pick itself. I do think that if he becomes a one somewhere, you're just waiting a year. Like you're getting through 2023, hoping he doesn't resign in Cincinnati and that he has the opportunity to become a true one without Jamar Chase on the field. Cause while he can do great things when you have both of them out there, usually one of them produces and the other one does not. So just a tough situation for next year. Yeah. And I, I kind of wanted to see, cause you know, we're looking here in the third round, and I'm thinking Cup or Tyreek. But I, I was thinking back to our first startup mock that we did, and I was wondering about a month and a half ago, before the Cup injury, where was Cup going? And in that one, Cup came off at the 201. So if I was actually just pondering if I was going to take Cup or Tyreek if Cup was still healthy, yeah, I think we might have like I think we might have let Tyreek fall a little bit in this one, to be honest. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Cooper Cup at the 201. Again, this that was a mid-season startup, a little bit different because you're using the points for this year. That's true. But but yeah, I mean, again, you probably couldn't couldn't fault him if he if he had been playing and he continued to put on pace for what he was putting up. Um, I think I think that's fair to say that Cup would have gone a, a lot higher. And I think if Cup comes off the board, you maybe see Tyree come off the board too. So Let's let me pull up the next rounds. Is, is there anything else you want to cover in the first three? No, I think the only thing here that's left to touch on is the tight end room, and that's yeah. Kelsey, Andrews, and Pitts. And this has been again kind of status quo from what we've seen all the way back from what we when we did that first one. The major difference is Pitts has slid a full one pick over a round, actually. He is now a pick and picking one slot or around in one pick lower than he was back a month and a half ago when we were doing the midseason startup just continues to slide down the board. Kelsey and Andrews continue to stay at the top and they only shifted back one place each from our last one of this one. So uh, pretty, pretty status quo there at the top, but I'm real interested. As I know I said this last week in our one, we broke down with the 40 chess guys as a startup. Uh, I'm real interested to see how far Pitt starts to slide in these offseason and these startup mocks because he hasn't put anything on the field 
and it's it's starting to get a little bit dicey if we don't start to see something coming up here in the third year of his career because i'm going to pull up pull that's up normally the, the time we see them you know break out but we've also seen a lot of these rookies start to do a lot more than pits even this year yeah, I'm going to pull up the next slide while, while I kind of look at that too, uh, just so we can kind of start looking at the board. But yeah, I'm with you 100%. We talked about it today. Like, would, if you are a team trying to get Travis Kelsey, would you give Kyle Pitts and a mid first for Kelsey? And then we were like, yeah, we would give that up. On the flip side, if we had Travis Kelsey, would you sell Travis Kelsey for Pitts and a first? And it was a resounding no. No. Which is crazy and it's a one year one round difference essentially in startup value but hey here we are uh here we are man i like i said like i said last week i kind of felt a little crazy saying it but i could see him starting to slip into mid Same. four mid five because especially if we get to a point i don't want to say it but if mariota goes back like i've been saying Man, that's gonna that that will be the final blade that sinks him to like round five. Uh, it hurts me just to hear you say that. Speaking of uh, other guys from Atlanta that would be truly upset about Mariota playing there again next year, is Drake London coming off the board there in the uh, fourth round? Uh, <laughs> so we see the one hundred four right there at the turn. Yeah, you know, we got the aging running backs kind of pulling out here have some of our young wide receivers with London Pittman, uh, Garrett Wilson, DJ Moore still up here, 105, 106, 107. So as we get through here, uh, another tight end run, which was a bit surprising for me. Again, it is tight end premium, 1.75. What kind of stands out to you as we've gotten through six rounds now? I think these I think these pick values are standing standing out to me a little bit. Putting these, you know, projected from the the mocks that we've been doing over at Destination Debbie, our 103 right now, I believe consensus is Stroud as of right now. The 104 yep. is Jameer Gibbs. So you're looking here at the three four turn. Would you rather have Kenneth Walker right now or what could become Jameer Gibbs? You know, we again want to want to establish that we do have the security of what this pick is until we actually do the draft post NFL draft. Uh, we're not we're not the absolute. I can't I, I can't do those ones that you do it before. I, I get fully putting your claim and stake on these guys, but I can't do it. So, um, but the one projected one hundred four here, um, you know, going right behind Kenneth Walker. It might actually be a little bit high for me on the pick side of things because I just know I know what these guys do. I'm a little bit anti-rookie, a little bit anti-pick. And, you know, what what can I flip that pick into whenever, you know, we're coming up to the draft season? And can I flip a 104 into Kenneth Walker, Drake London, Michael Pittman? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I'm getting it straight up either. Maybe it's just right now, you know, our rookie values are a little bit deflated right now, and maybe we'll get that rookie fever rolling back up and we'll start to, you know, see 104 for Drake London re-roll, Michael Pittman re-roll. I think you could actually see. I don't think it's too far off, but it's still a little bit high for me. Yeah, and, and I'm with you there. I, I think as this class comes into full picture, we'll have an idea of who's actually there. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk of, of a rich now declaring for the draft and, and then we still have Will Levis. So there is, there is still the possibility that the one Oh four ends up being a quarterback if they get draft capital. So, you know, 
we we picture it as Jameer Gibbs because that's where our ADP has has him right now. But if that ends up being a quarterback, like maybe it's a little more justifiable. Um, Truthfully, like if we do see Will Levis get top five draft capital, if we get you know Anthony Richardson getting top twenty twenty two overall draft capital. I'd be I'd be hard pressed not to throw them up there at that 104 slot. Lock up my second QB here. I, I forget if he's going to take one here in these uh, round seven through ten, but whatever you're sitting right there with Josh Allen, and he he may have been thinking that you know I'm going to take the going to take whatever quarterbacks available there for me whenever the time comes, or maybe flip that pick into a different quarterback. Go flip it into Kirk Cousins. I mean, Kirk Cousins is going behind the 104. You should be able to flip the 104 for Kirk Cousins, right? So, you know, maybe maybe that is the process and you know, locking up that second QB could be could be a pretty good pick for uh, the guy in the first sl- draft slot here. And the fun part is we get to look at this and analyze this throughout the entire offseason. So we'll be able to see how things shift and adjust and really where these player values end up and these pick values end up. And, you know, I think the big thing that stands out for these rounds is. We, we get a ton of you know wide receivers off the board here and like once you really get down to the end of the sixth round i mean you're looking at george pickens deandre hopkins hollywood like again good players but we're starting to get towards the end of the that that wide receiver two tier into the wide receiver three tier and and that's where it's like you want to make sure you have I want to say two, but like it's either two top guys or three guys that you feel really good in from that wide receiver two, but just before that wide receiver three range. And ugh, like, even I like looking at my board right here, having Devonte Adams and Garrett Wilson, like I got Devonte feel great about it. Like Garrett Wilson and what he could be just polar opposites. And it doesn't feel great just coming away with those two being being honest. Like I look back at this Joe Mixon pick, I probably would have taken Diop. I probably would have taken some other options there at that at that six round pick. And which is crazy saying I would rather pass on my first running back off the board in the sixth round and take a third wide receiver. Like that is where we're at in Dynasty. It is. It, truthfully, it's because we're seeing we're seeing so much demand for the wide receiver. It's just pushing these values down. I mean, when you're getting Joe Mixon in the you know sixth round here, we're gonna see what comes back to us on the seventh, and it there's like no difference. So why am I why am I reaching up for a guy that's in the same tier whenever I see I see D hop here and then dropping down to George Pickens? I know we're not really George Pickens believers, but then the wide receiver just falls off around here. And it, it's scary if you don't have those guys. I mean, I don't feel, I don't feel too comfortable over on my side either. I, I picked up the rookies, Olave and London. London's my, London's my, you know, wide receiver one in the class. Whenever we were coming out, Olave's probably moved into contention for the wide receiver one. I think he probably is has established himself as the wide receiver one, at least in my mind. And then you know, picking up a rookie pick here. That's this is kind of where I was thinking as I was on the board here with the one hundred eight. This is a lot of the times where we've been seeing the wide receiver run really get mocked. And obviously, uh, Keishon Booty or Boutte, whatever you say, whatever you pronounce it, I guess we won't know for another year. We'll get another year of announcers calling Keishon Booty and Shake Your Booty playing on the <laughs> outros from games now. That's fantastic. Glad he's going back to be with Brian Ke- Kelly and the family down there. But I was looking at this pick, seeing those wide receivers, you know, what we've had mocked is JSN. 
Addison, Quentin Johnston, and Kayshawn Booty. And I'm looking at those guys. I'm looking at the guys that are actually going here. And I'm like, would I rather have a shot at one of those guys and hold the insulation of the draft pick in a future draft pick instead? And I've, I've just decided on that. I'd rather hold the insulation and the value of a pick that's not going to have the potential to get injured. And then I can take any one of those wide receivers, pair it with a really young wide receiver core and feel pretty good about a wide receiving core if that is the way this pick ends up playing out for me. Yeah, and, and again, we, we test different things out. They're mock drafts, right? You want to kind of see how the board plays out, how things kind of pan out, what what picks actually fall, and, and you know, getting a 108 in that range. We talk about it all the time. It's like, oh, would you tra- trade a, a mid to late, which is you know, basically the 108 to 112 pick for Devonta Smith, Terry McLaurin, Brandon Ayuk, all of these names, Hollywood. And like the resounding answer is like, that is what their value is. You're probably not getting more than a mid to late first for some of these guys. So I felt like that was good value. Same thing. D hop Pickens. Like sure you can, there are leagues where you're going to find that person that overpays or is willing to give you uh, a mid to late first plus, but in all honesty, like that's pretty much in line with, with where it should be. So, I mean, you end up locking up, two young or two good quarterbacks. One is super young and, and still don't know what he is Two young, you know, wide receivers. You got a, an asset in Nick Chubb, which again, it's, it's, it's probably, it's hard to pass on, but I'm sure at that point you're like, all right, well, what do I take here? Like, it was a lot of, what do I take? I'm not really a big mid mid round wide or mid round tight end guy. And all three of them went off right in front of me. So I was like, well, that, potential options out the board or out the window, even if I was going to take that. I looked at all the wide receivers that were coming off and kind of in this range around with that pick. I'm just like, none of these guys are really, you know, they're still probably threshold wide receivers, but they're not really difference makers for me in what I'm in, in my, in how I see them. So I wasn't really wanting, wanting to go that route. And then I'm looking at, you know, the running backs that are producing right now uh, still, you know, 26, 27 with Nick Chubb. And I figured it, it figured it was where I was going. You know, Kareem Hunt might be out the door. They'll probably bring in somebody along with him. But, you know, hope that this Browns offense can take a step forward. I know it didn't look pretty this week, but <laughs> I, th- I think they will get on track. I don't think anybody – nobody should have been expecting them to go out and light it up for 40 points in Deshaun's first game back. If you were, I think that's a little bit, you know, hopium thinking right there. So, uh I think he'll get it back on track before the season ends. And Nate Chubb is going to be the focal point of this offense, even if they do have Deshaun in my mind. So that's why I went there. But I mean, heck, seeing Derrick Henry go off at the end of the next round, I'm like, I, you know, I could have probably just had Derrick Henry. And right. I could have just had Derrick Henry with, Henry with either of these two picks. And, you know, my team is a little bit younger, but what does it matter? I can just take Derrick Henry, have a staple at my running back position. And then whenever I need a new one, any other running back that I can find won't be Derrick Henry level, but I can find another Derrick Henry, like, you know, trade for in the new Austin Eckler, Saquon Barkley, CMC, Derrick Henry, whenever they do show up. I, I can figure that spot out, but I cannot figure my wide receiver spot out as easily anymore. The I'm going to pull up the slide here, the next one, um, so we can kind of see what the next uh... – the full draft board looks like, but another one that stands out is Najee Harris. Like we've talked about it pre 
in our other drafts that Najee was like the consensus, what, 201, 202? We've seen him go in the first round in startups, go, you know, last year. Fell down to the fifth round, and here he is in the sixth round. And I do think that he's going to be a value. I don't think he's dead. I think it's an unfortunate situation. He's got a couple of years where he's, you know, to prove himself, but it's had the hurt foot, has an awful offensive line, new quarterback, rookie quarterback at that, who got to build the chemistry so you're not seeing the passing work. I think things do get figured out there, and that would probably be a really good value on Najee. And I'm just going to pull up the rest of the board here now at this point and kind of see why we uh, feel the way we feel about some of these running backs. And it's like, if you would have passed on Chubb, I would have passed on Mixon. Like, I'm good with missing out on those guys. You still got Jacobs and Pierce, Ramondre, Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara. All these guys are in the seventh and eighth and ninth rounds. Look at me. You got Miles Sanders, the sixth leading rusher in the NFL this year, coming off the board in the ninth round. Like, would you rather Miles Sanders or the 112? (laughs) Um, You know, I'm. I probably want Miles Sanders to be honest. Like once we start, once we start getting into that range, it's weird because even right now, it still doesn't really feel like Miles Sanders should be worth the first. And I'm not exactly sure why. You know, like he's he's getting he's getting the ground game ran on him right now, right? And we'll see what happens with him. But man, it's hard to not pass up like a top ten rusher and say he's not worth the first, right? I mean, he's. Not even just a first, but literally the last first of the class as well. Like this is yeah. where we're this is where we're projected to be taking a chain, Corum, any of these guys that are probably third, fourth round draft picks come next year. Who do you want, he, Miles Sanders, or that? Right, he's PPR, you know, running back thirteen, and yeah, like it's it's. It's crazy. I was kind of surprised to see him fall again. The ADP isn't sorted, so maybe he's the guy who slipped through the cracks. Uh, but yeah, I was I was really shocked to see him fall there. But the, like all the running backs, really, man. Like this is this is why you have no problem punting running back. And a lot of the big conversation today that we we had brought up was, you know, the the running back turnover rate. Sixty percent of running backs who are RB ones this year will not be RB1s next year. And this is consistent. This is a year-over-year thing, whether it's due to injury, whether it's due to you know missing a few games, uh, poor performance, you know unfortunate situations with offensive line, wh- whatever the situation may be, there's a 60% turnover year-over-year. So you have guys like that, you know, JT, he was RB1 overall. He's an RB2 this year. I don't see him catapulting up into that RB1 range. Um, unless he smashes down the stretch here. So he's not going to be an RB1 this year, but he could be next year. So, you know, you, you can kind of look at these things. And when you really see running backs that are falling this far, there's just no reason to to take the gamble on them early in the draft. There's really not. The only thing I think, I think we also mentioned this in one of our last videos where we did these is you do incur the risk with these older guys. That you're, yes. if you're if you're doing a startup this early, they have to make it healthy to the season next year, like nine months from now. They have to be healthy going in because there's some of these guys that if they take an injury, like your your pick before before Sanders is Dalvin Cook. 
if Cook would take an injury, his value is dead and it is never yeah. coming back, right? Although True. I guess probably maybe not ever coming back. We have seen Derrick Henry, you know, broke the foot and people were trying to sell for anything and he's back up to just smashing and running over people like he always does. But the value, but the value will dip if any of these guys yes. take an injury. So that that is the one concern. But man, like if you can if you can stay healthy here, Deshaun and your boy Russ, you know, he's gonna potentially have your bounce back year that you're you've been calling for. We'll see. Um we'll see. and then and then three pretty solid wide receivers here and three solid running backs. I mean, this is this is a balanced team for going through 10 rounds. No rookie picks. You know, nope. You're not going to have one of those rookie picks to toy around with, and I don't think you really care. I don't, and and you know we've talked about this like in all honesty. If I don't have, if I have the 101, I'll take the pick. I'll make the Bijan pick, but I'm still willing. I'm still willing to trade anything else. I, do I do I have interest in, in Bryce Young and CJ Stroud? Yes. Do I have interest in in Richardson and Levis? Yes. Gibbs, yes. Like, there's guys that I like, but like, honestly, if I miss out, like, I'm not heartbroken. If I miss out on Bijan, that sucks. I, but after that, I, I'll trade anything. I have no problem trading it and get getting rid of it or passing on it. And and with where the the players came off the board here, I wasn't looking to take you know a rookie quarterback. Um, so w- the 103, 104 weren't really an option. I could have taken Bijan there at the 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 second round pick, but I was like, man. Mark Andrews is here, positional advantage, big time difference maker. Had to take it. So I do like the build out that I put together. It's not it's not overwhelmingly great. It's not, I don't know. I I have mixed emotions on it just because I do hope Russ bounces back. Um, I have a lot of good reasons that he will, but if he doesn't, what are you getting for Russell Wilson? Like nothing i mean you're probably not even getting first next year like if you might might be able to trade russ for like i don't even think you're trading russ for the rookies during pre-draft process no any any of the first round rookie quarterbacks i don't think you're trading them straight up nobody's trading to straight up for russ i don't know if you're getting any first round pick for russ whenever we get to the draft process next year and at that point if russ comes out and stinks it up for another little bit another good stretch of like the first four games even the first, even even the first game honestly like it's because we are overreactionary and i think especially with russ and how much stink he has on him from this year we're going to be very overreactionary if he comes out that first game and looks the exact same like he's going to get like almost the zach wilson treatment <laughs> it's gonna, it's going to be bad it could get ugly. I mean, and, and that's a realistic possibility, right? Like, I'm not going to sit here and, and deny that. But there's also the possibility he gets back to being a top 10 quarterback like he was in the past. Um, you know, lots of situations, injured offensive line, Javante being out, Judy being out, Cortland Sutton being out, Tim Patrick being out. Like, you can – new offense – Unfortunately, Hackett sucks. We saw his decision. We've seen his decision making from game one, and we're like, what is this guy doing? He had to turn over play calling. Like, it's not a good situation in Denver. It's just not. But he has job security. He's getting paid millions and millions. Like, what was it? $50 million a year, $40 million a year, something insane. 
something like 250 on the books, something like that. Yeah, if I, he is locked and loaded in Denver. I'm willing to take the bet that things get worked out. They build around him. They put that you know situation in a better spot going into next year. Again, it's it's assumption, and you assume that risk when you have Russell Wilson on your team or if you trade for him. But if you told me that you can trade Russell Wilson for a singular first or Heck, as you just mentioned, you might be able to get him for less than a single first in, in some places. I have no problem taking that risk myself. I am not telling people to go do this. I don't recommend this to people because it is a risk. It is a massive risk. But if your risk is two seconds in value, see ya. I'll get rid of those picks. Give me Russell Wilson in that opportunity. I, I'm, a, I'm a risky dynasty player. Sometimes it pays off. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, but it is a risk I'd be willing to take. And those types of risks can pay off for you tenfold if you can get Russell Wilson to be what would be what a second or third round startup value next year if he's in that T-Law range. So just things to kind of think about when you're talking about Russell Wilson. My yep. opinion, I know you differ. <laughs> You don't need to dive in and, and, and rain on my parade here. No, no, no. I don't, I don't fully differ. I mean, like you said, he has the security. Um, but, yeah, I, I just, I, for right now, would just rather lay my chips elsewhere. Um, one guy, Another guy we've seen fall, though, is another guy that I took here, uh, Mac Jones, down in my 7-Eleven pick. Uh, looking back on our draft a month and a half ago, he was up at the 410. So a full three, full three rounds of fall. And, and honestly, I was torn with this pick because I, I love me some Mike Evans. Uh, I also was concerned possibly Damian Pierce was going to come off around this pick as well. I don't have a tight end right now. So I was like, maybe Firemouth, but I kept looking at Mac and I'm like, <laughs> I still like Mac the QB. I just hate his situation. And, you know, it's probably a lot of the same arguments that you have for Russ being able to bounce back. And so... Yeah, just just a guy that, you know, you you want to take your shot on, and I was fine taking a shot on, you know, my third quarterback. I kind of went quarterback horde a little, you somewhat did. in, somewhat in this one. Uh, I just I like the quarterback values where they were falling to me, and so yeah, Mac Jones and Damian Pierce there at that turn. Another interesting thing that I noticed after my pick here was 109 didn't come off for another two two and a half rounds here almost. Big gap. It's I'm not exactly sure why <laughs> i don't think there's like a big uh, it's weird because like i don't really see a tear gap between most the majority of these players right i think it's just a part where a lot of guys you know you were seeing another quarterback seeing another quarterback run seeing the next tight end run here um a lot of little mini like three three positional player runs and I think some of those were maybe influencing people to, you know, try to grab that position before their next little tier break ended instead of moving on to the next pick. Or we might just have a kind of consensus drop off between the top eight prospects of this class and the top nine or the nine and after prospects of this class. Yeah, for me, I mean, we've talked about this in our uh, rookie mock episode where we have the tier break. It's 101 tier break, 102, 103, 104 tier break. So you have like those those four picks you if you're at the 105 man like for me i felt like the 105 was going to be the one that would drop a little bit further just because 
of the uncertainty of what is really going on with this draft. It could work out perfectly. Like hypothetical world, we have Will Levis, A. Rich get bumped up into that top tier um, with the other two quarterbacks of Strouded and Young. And we're talking about four quarterbacks, Bijan and then and then Gibbs. So you have six spots where you might feel pretty good about. So that could happen. And then that would be a tier break as well. But right now, 101 break. 104 for me at least break and then 105 i would probably say now with with old with booty going back to lsu probably the 109 range um i i think i'd have a tier break after the 109 so yeah it it is a little interesting but again it's all player value and, and kind of what we see there's not a lot of names to these picks yet so it is challenging now to to kind of assess why there's that big drop but i was really shocked to see the the second rounders coming off the board rather quickly yeah once the 109 came back in it was like oh yeah we we do have all these rookie picks right oh crap like let me get the rookie picks in now let me get them in and so yeah i do think we had a you know a little bit of maybe a little bit of reach on some of these picks but you look at you look around at some of these guys and a lot of them you know like Dave Montgomery, Bateman, is he still worth back in first or early seconds? Jacoby Myers. I know people would probably a little bit more than a second right now for for him. But you know, 202s, two and one, two oh two is also a pretty early second. And yep. Truthfully, what I'm noticing here, quarterback is void, but if I can send off seconds for some of these quarterbacks, I <laughs> think I'm doing that just about every day of the week. And I think I need to go explore that because if I can send just a straight second, no quarterbacks back and I can go get myself Jared Goff, that, that needs to be something I'm exploring right now. For sure. And I, and I think that that, again, it's a startup, so it's a little bit different when you're assessing player value, but it's like, would you rather hoard the QBs or take the second round pick? And so it's like, yeah, same thing with the teams we have currently built in, in our, our non-startup rosters. Like, if you can send off a second for, you know, Tannehill, for Goff, for um, Aaron Rodgers being there, like, basically a back-end first. Like, if you can get him for a second, he, he, he's a little riskier because of the retirement risk, but I still I think he's playing. He's he's going to stick around. The, the way he's talking about his injury, the way that they're talking about everything, it's the hey, I'm going to make sure I'm healthy for down the stretch here and then for next year. Like that's the conversation that's being had. It's not yeah, I got this is my last few games of my career. I'm going to go out there and play with my messed up thumb, my messed up hand and my my separated ribs like he's going to make sure that he's healthy and good to go for the future. So <laughs> buy low candidate i mean i made a i made a trade for him in our usfl best ball league here not not too long ago within the within the last week i think sending off a package where um daniel jones burks before he had his blow-up game unfortunately and uh and um i was getting back the stack of lazard and Rodgers, and then I also got thrown in D Hop while I was trying to make a push in and get a little bit deeper at wide receiver. So, yeah, I was I was actually buying into this, and I was trying trying to start that deal before it fully came out that he had the broken thumb because I was like, hey, just watching him. I was watching a couple of his interviews on McAfee, and I could just tell like 
something something is just wrong to the point of it's not nothing is healthy there we knew it was injured but i was like yeah. man i think he's just going to have the surgery and i cannot see him as being somebody who expect like he's very he's a very prideful guy i i think we can all admit that even even those who <laughs> don't hate him in the media i, I don't i'm not an aaron Rodgers hater but uh you know, I think he does have a lot of pride that he takes in his work. And so being a back-to-back -back MVP and then putting out a season like this, I think it would just be incredibly hard for him to just go into the sunset and retire. So yeah, I don't mind the I don't mind the pick, but it does obviously carry some risk. Another quarterback that we saw here go off kind of unfortunately for for a guy JRH or JHR here in the uh sixth slot picking Matthew Stafford pick you know we we knew the injuries were a concern and then you know I think it was a couple days later after this we just got the news that he's going on IR for the rest of the year and yeah man going back to that QB carousel video where I was just kind of like half-heartedly saying this guy could retire a couple months back possibility I'm getting over 50 percent now I'm at like 60 percent now that he's <laughs> never playing football again We'll see. I, I'm not. I'm not quite there yet, but it is still a very, very good possibility. Like, I'm not quite fifty percent. Maybe I'm fifty fifty. I don't know. I can talk myself into it on live as we go through this. But <laughs> man, if he's back, he's good. And again, it, it's tough to tough to say for sure. I don't know that he's going to want to go out like this either. He did win a Super Bowl, so there's kind of a little bit less uh, incentive for him to come back. Like Aaron Rodgers might want another, like one one last go at it, right? Like maybe one or two more goes if everything goes well. But yeah, man, Stafford, that is a very unfortunate uh, situation there in LA. I think that whole Ram situation is just awful. So it sucks to suck, I guess. Yeah, it's just unfortunate. It's the, it's, you know, we do have a lot of fun with these startups and, you know, this one's just a mock. We don't have any money on it, but it's the risk you take whenever you're doing these startups yeah. this early because we don't know. We've got a plenty of time and these are happening within days after we're doing our startup. You've got another nine months to sit and hold your breath for all of these guys that are sitting on your roster. And again, just to reinforce, that's kind of what we were saying with the, the value that these picks hold is, that pick can't get injured. Pick can't get injured until you make it after the draft. So you get yourself about a five month, five months of buffer up until uh, middle of April, whenever whenever we would be doing the startup mock. It, it it does add a little bit more value to these picks. So as we wrap things up here, I want to kind of look at individual team breakdowns and some of the teams that maybe stand out to you that you felt constructed the roster well, or uh, you know, really you're like, man, I'd love to have had this team. And, you know, while you kind of check that out, uh, the the one that really kind of stood out to me based on where we have been and what we've been talking about has been uh, Barry. And we joked at first where it's like, hey, you're going to have Justin Jefferson, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. You're passing on quarterback. It did work out where he got Kirk <coughs> Cousins. He got Derek Carr and then was able to solidify wide receiver with Jefferson Hill, D Hop, Amari Cooper, Tyler Lockett. He ended up getting that rookie pick, uh, back to back rookie pick. So the the 112 and the 203. I do, I know we, we've talked to him about this specifically, and he's like, Yeah, maybe I would have 
shifted and gone after a running back. But in all honesty, like I love the draft. Love it. You got the positional difference maker in, in Travis Kelsey. You've got some difference makers at wide receiver. And then there's still some insanely good running backs on the board where he's going to be able to get value in round 11, 12, 13 and beyond, or even use the one twelve and two Oh three on rookie running backs where those guys are going to be able to hit his lineup. Love what he did. Again, it was a gamble because he passed on quarterback, but it did pay off. He was able to get Kirk cousins and Derek Carr. But I think if he would have missed on one of those and it would have ended up with like Russell Wilson, he probably doesn't feel as good about it. Yeah. And the, those are your two. If you're going to bank on any middle round quarterbacks, as far as what we've seen in our mocks, this is kind of where these guys are going in rounds four, yep. rounds five. This little kind of trio here, and we might see a couple of others sneak up or sneak down uh, as they're getting injured or other things like that. Those are the two I want. And he ended up getting them both, and it paid off beautifully. Um, I will say the team does have a bit of an age issue, but in the way we play, don't really care. And truthfully, with with the running backs as well, you know, you're only starting two. I think one thing we might actually start, uh, you know, start doing in these mocks is specifying how many starters we have, because I do think that changes things. Where if it's like a start, you know, eight, and now I don't have any top running yeah. backs, that's going to hurt more, and it's going to hurt a lot more to not have quarterbacks, especially in what we play everything in in superflex. Because those quarterbacks in start eight are probably like forty percent of your points every week, and if you I think don't we did have specify a top two, start ten or eleven on this, actually, one, yo, I, I think I think we did. I think we specified the start eleven on this one. Yeah, uh, we'll have to go back and check that one. But either ten or eleven, and so whenever you get into those little bit deeper, where you have a couple extra roster spots, you don't need as many points from each spot if you're getting these guys like Jefferson Hill. D hop, Mari Cooper and Tyler Lockett that are all top 15 point per game wide receivers. I think so far this year, yeah. I think Lockett might be the lowest one at 13, but just some absolutely smash contributors to your lineup. And then you don't need as many points for running back position. You can just have the depth, have, you know, 45% of your, of your bench, just be running back dart throws and whichever ones are starting that week. They have as good of a chance to put up as many points as probably some of these guys that were drafting up here in the sixth and seventh rounds week over week. So, uh, yeah, that is, that is a team. We talked through this one a little bit beforehand. Absolutely love what he did with this draft. The one that I wanted to highlight out here was Ty's team, actually, and it went pretty similar Um with the exception of a few things, he did pick up an extra quarterback, which I love doing. Unfortunately, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt, not knowing that Jimmy G just broke his foot, and I'm gonna say that he drafted it well at the time. So a little bit of a caveat yes. for this one, but we did not have this news at the time for Jimmy G. So I really liked this team at the time. He's getting the third quarterback. Daniel Jones and Jimmy G were both locked in, locked and loaded, going to be starters next year. I have a little bit more concerns with Jimmy G now with the injury because the you know, the 49ers already had injury concerns about this guy. Now does the rest of the NFL as well. And what type of contract does that, you know, bet him next year? Does he even go back to the team to just say, hey, I'm fine with being a career backup now because I don't think he's going to be the starter over Trey Lance if those two are there next year. And so it's it's definitely a more scary proposition. But obviously, like I said, benefit of the doubt. 
Love the three guys that he was going to be taking right here to be his three starters for the future. Starts it off really nicely with Diggs and Amon Ra. Amon Ra, I have, I was way too low on, have absolutely fallen in love with what I've seen from Amon Ra. Don't even really care what Jameson Williams starts to show. I just love me some Amon Ra. The guy's an absolute target machine. He is a BAM tier wide receiver for me at this point. And then you know, love the love the depth at wide receiver down the board. Allen Myers and Godwin locking up a very nice tight end who will probably be my tight end. Probably be. Oh God, I'm not. I'm not going to say things that are going to get me Four. banned. Three, three, yeah. Ooh, um, he could. He could actually. There, there's probably a good chance that he's going to be my tight end three next year. All right, but. All right. Looking at this, I mean, then and then just getting the lockdown running back in Barkley as well, and then yeah. just getting the anchor at running back and kind of like Barry's team, where Barry's just going to be you know, he got an extra wide receiver that's going to be an anchor for him. Uh, Ty, Ty went here and he's got the one anchor RB, the hero RB, as some call it, and then just going to fill the back end of this roster with the second round worthy guys at the running back position. Really like this team. Yeah, I think, you know, as as I've been looking at some of these teams, I feel like even as you talked about Barry, I feel like we need to talk about roster construction. We do need to talk about league settings and how to optimize our lineups, whether we're doing a startup or we are in, you know, an existing dynasty league, how how to to kind of construct our rosters in a specific way. Um I know Scott Connor, if you listen to Destination Debbie Radio, go to their podcast and find Scott Connor's episodes, the roster construction series, incredible listens. There's uh, specific episodes on each position. And then there's the overall roster construction uh, that he kind of breaks down specifically for a, you know, I think it's a start 10 Superflex dynasty league, but we, we do want to dive into some of that as well. Talk about roster construction, talk about how to position yourself for the future while maintaining value on your team um, and making sure there are certain positions you don't mess around with a la quarterback. So um, <laughs> yeah, I, th this was a really fun exercise. Again, it's only 10 rounds kind of seeing how people do start and what could come. Um, I, I would say everyone had a pretty good path. There are some player values that I'm not quite on board with yet. The one I wanted to kind of point out, and I just had a question for you on, um, are you in on Christian Watson? Oh, okay, yeah, we can we can wrap this one up on uh, a Chris, some Christian Watson talk. He was the seventh the, seventh rounder here, you know, which you know, dude between the one hundred eight and one hundred nine can score touchdowns. He has been, what? what is he now, six touchdowns in the last three weeks of football, I believe, for him that he's played at least. And sure. he's done it now with two quarterbacks. I mean, the one that he caught was from freaking Jordan Love whenever he had to step in for Aaron Rodgers. Seven and four. Seven and four. I don't know which is better, six and three or seven and four. Should have gotten <laughs> that eighth one. Should have gotten the eighth one. But no, I I want to, and I'm very close to buying in all the way, but I still want to see him produce in terms of an overall target share of the team. I want to see a full healthy squad out there with him. Um, I believe we still, you know, Romeo, 
Romeo Dobbs is still out with his ankle injury and I believe on IR. We don't know. I haven't heard anything about him coming back yet. So hopefully we're able to see a couple of regular season games down the stretch here and NFL regular season games where we can see both of those guys on the field because we know touchdown is the least sticky stat in fantasy football. The touchdowns come, the touchdowns go. Ask Deontay Johnson this year. They've gone and they've nowhere to been found. And so could it just be that the ball goes a different place? Freaking Mercedes Lewis catches the next two touchdowns for this team. Uh, so like it's, it's not a sticky stat and I don't want to be investing fully on somebody who's just going to be scoring me touchdowns. I think we've seen the one person who's been able to really do it year over year has just been Adam Thielen and he's fallen off this year, probably more so due to a little bit of age and Justin Jefferson's just an absolute baller. And so I, I'm not going to buy in yet, but I'm, I am on watch with Christian Watson. Yeah. I, I, He's an elite. I think what like what he's elite at. He's he is a playmaker, and and that's the big thing. I mean, he's. I think he's had four catches in each of the games, each of the last four games. Yeah, four, 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 and three, and that has netted him 107, 48, 110, and 48 yards. Crazy thing though is the three touchdowns, two touchdowns, one touchdown, one touchdown, and. and Oh, I, it is the least sticky stat, but the dude makes plays. So we'll see how that pans out for him long term. We'll see how how that continues down the stretch here. I'm not quite ready to take him over. Like he was taken over Mike Evans, over Tyler Lockett, Deontay Johnson. Ooh, I don't know that I can do that. I It may have been a reactionary pick right there, but it might actually pan out for, for the betterment of that team. And if Christian Watson is a elite player and does get the target share and continues at the pace that he's on minus the touchdowns, I, Hey man, hundred yard game, every other game you're, you're going to be successful in the NFL. <laughs> yep. The only thing that I went to go find this, these stats is we were, as you were talking through it, In those two 100-yard games, his long receptions were 58 and 63 yards. So half of the yardage coming on one play isn't – it's probably another very unsticky stat. He is – you know, he's a athletic freak on the field. We've seen it, but we see a lot of athletics freaks all over the field, and they aren't going for 63 yards every other game, right? It's just not something that's sustainable, so – Want to see want to see the consistent yardage, the consistent targets, and see him ball out with like a twelve target, eight reception for one hundred and two game, and then if you put the touchdowns on top of it, great, uh, yep. will be fantastic. But he hasn't he hasn't eclipsed eight targets yet. He's gotten eight, six, seven, and eight, six, six, and seven in the last four games, turning it into four, 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 and three receptions. That's just not normally how seven touchdowns come within four games. Yeah. So I I looked up, I was looking at Claypool because that's kind of what reminded me of Claypool had his rookie year where he had the nine touchdowns, or I think I think he ended up having double digit touchdowns with his rushing touchdowns, but he had nine receiving, and I think he had three on the ground or something like that. And he ended up being a wide receiver two that year. Everyone was super excited. Again, big athletic playmaker, consistency. I need consistency out of Christian Watson. It has been four games. See that team healthy. Promising though. It, it's he's not a 
probably not a bust based on what we've seen, but I want to see some consistency before I start bumping him up the boards. Yeah, so that's that's all it is. Definitely, definitely on watch for with him though. Good player. Anything you want to wrap up with? Anything you want to touch on before we go? Any, any individual players? Any teams? I don't think I've got too much here that you know really needs to be broken down at the very end. Uh, I'd like to see how the rest of the quarterback landscape goes beyond this tenth round. You know, is the tenth round is the ten round limit pushing some of these guys up the board still? I still don't. I don't think so. I think most of these guys, like I said earlier, if I can buy them for some of these guys straight up, I almost do it in any superflex league, right? Like if I can just send away Jacoby Myers and get myself back Jared Goff in superflex, like I'd probably be hard pressed not to do that one right now. But the name, an interesting theory to see if it would change if we go past these ten rounds. You talked about quarterback, the name that popped out to me that I was looking for, and I was like, wait. I know he's old, and I know people are scared about it, but Tom Brady didn't get drafted. And it might be a short-term thing. Maybe he'd be one of the next quarterbacks off the board. But if you're telling me I could send away a second-round pick for Tom Brady, I mean, that dude just divorced his wife. Like, he's probably playing football for another year or two. I know he's playing next year. Let me let me tell you that. I know he's playing next year. But he's probably playing for two more years. So I'm a little shocked one, there. Yeah. As I'm looking at it and as I'm thinking through it, I'm like, you know, it probably wouldn't be egregious if you sent a second round pick to let's say a team, you know, Tom Brady hasn't been anything, anything spectacular this year. Um, mid QB two at best, probably back in QB two in, in all honesty. And so maybe that team isn't in the playoffs trying to get younger, throw him a second round pick, throw him one of the other, you know, DS or the dog shit best ball dart throw tight ends tight or quarterbacks, throw him one of those and see if you can get a, see if you can get a Tom Brady. I, I don't hate that one because yeah. I, I was like, yeah, or, you know, I was kind of thinking through it. I'm like, eh, is he going to come back? No, he's, he's, he's coming back. There's no way that he's going to be, living living out the bachelor life and just going to going to bars picking up chicks and you know not not slinging the pigskin around that's what he really loves doing so yeah yeah i i'm, I'm honestly right there with you if you're looking at brian Tannehill, zach zach wilson or tom brady yep give me give me brady i think i'm gonna take brady yeah I'm with you. Yep. He was probably pretty buried on this board. Yeah, no, this this was still from preseason. I was thinking back to whenever he was going back the around ADT. like 25. Yeah. Remember that point of last offseason when he was retired for a bit and he was going in like round that 20, month. 25? <laughs> oh, that's some value right there. That is called hashtag value. For sure. But yeah, we're, we're going to be doing these more and more. Hit us up in, in the comments if you are interested in being part of these. Uh, we'll break it down from different angles in the future as well, looking, like I said, at roster construction specifically and maybe kind of diving into some of that. We'll be doing rookie mocks. So please put it in the comments if you are interested. We'll hit you up here on YouTube. Uh, we'll, we'll add you through Sleeper, and then we'll make sure we can get you involved in some of these mocks. Uh, any last things before we wrap up? No, I think that's it. Wrap us on out of here, man. Perfect. Please like, subscribe, and thank you so much for joining us here in the Fantasy Draft Room.